Hello and welcome to the Portuguese Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fonseca, and I am understandably very annoyed. Um, I just finished watching the Portuguese uh, facing Chile in the semifinals of the Confederations Cup, and uh, this is a quick reaction. Normally, I, I edit these these podcasts uh, to avoid my you know vocal slips and, and if I say anything out of line, but this one, I'm kind of just considering I'm in a rush today and, and I still have all this fire from the match. I'm kind of just going to spit what I'm thinking on my mind and... And that'll be what uh, what comes out. So I'm not sure if I'll be able to get to some stuff afterwards about Portuguese transfer rumors and, and other stuff because I have a lot of thoughts about uh, today's match. And I won't even get to the New Zealand match because it doesn't matter now that now that Portugal lost. But uh, just a terrible, terrible uh, performance, first and foremost, from Fernando Santos. Uh, his worst um, came out today against Chile and his decisions both before the match and especially during the match. Starting Andre Gomes has been a problem. He's had all Euro, but I mean, if he was going to change that, whatever. But to see the way he was playing throughout that first half, again in the second half, and to keep him through the first 115 minutes was just irresponsible, ill thought out. And it just seems like there's some. If, if he's not just being stubborn, he has to have some agenda with Andre Gomes because he was terrible. He was terrible. He was shooting the ball. Whenever he had space to shoot, he he shot once right to Bravo's hand, and every other time was right to the stands. Even the Telemundo commentator was saying that perhaps he has family up in the stands that he wants to kick the ball to, because that's where he's kicking it every time he hits the ball. He couldn't pass. He'd lose the ball every five seconds. He There, there, there was maybe three positive moments. One, he rounded a defender and started a counterattack, and another one, he made a couple of successful backwards passes. That's it. That's it. It was awful. It was an awful, 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 awful performance. And seeing that, what does Fernand Sanz do? Does he take off Andre Gomes? Of course he doesn't take off Andre Gomes. He takes out the better midfielder, Adrian, who hit, he and William were stupendous. Just the best players on the pitch by a wide margin. Adrian on both ends of the pitch. The first in defending Vidal, first and foremost. Vidal didn't have an inch of space to work with. He had maybe one moment where he passed the ball to Vargas in the opening seconds. Uh, where where Patricio came to save the day for Portugal. We'll get to Patricio later, but Adrian was, I, in my opinion, without question, the man of the match. He And then in attack, he was moving the ball, he was circulating the ball, he was switching play, he was everywhere. Fantastic, fantastic. And I'm sorry to say that this will probably be the last time I watch him in a competitive match uh, before he gets transferred because there's no way that man stays at Sporting. Uh, he has too much professional ambition, and Sporting has held him back for the past year. He deserves to leave the club. I'd be kind of disappointed if he stays um, for him personally. I'd be thrilled for the club, but for him personally, it feels like a waste because he's still in the prime of his career and there's no drop-off between now and the performance he put in the Euro. Just what a shift he put in. But no, he takes him off and he puts in João Moutinho. Uh, before that, he took off Andres Silva, who admittedly wasn't having a good game. That wasn't the worst substitution, but he puts in Nani instead of Jelson. And Nani's just old. He can't shoot. He can't pass. He's still fast, but he doesn't. He did nothing. He did nothing. Nothing. Um, just did nothing except miss a fucking penalty at the end. That's all he did. He just did is miss that penalty at the end. It just a terrible, terrible run up. He was slow. He stopped maybe five times and he shot it right where uh, Bravo could save it when he dove. Uh, Portugal didn't make a single penalty. Every penalty was terrible. Uh, Guarajim's penalty was bad to start. Moutinho's penalty was just as bad, and Nani's was by far the worst. Terrible, terrible. I mean, there's nothing Curry could do. Um, Getting to Roy, he was he did everything he could. Um, he, he only really got called to save two uh, real chances for Chile, and um, he came up big in the in the opening seconds against Vargas, and then late in the second half, 
Um, I can't remember who shot it, what the play was, but I do remember thinking, thank God for Patricio, as I often do. Um, and then in the end of, of extra time, he was saved, thankfully, by the posts a couple times. One, it hit off the, the crossbar, and then it fell, and then on the rebound, it hit the crossbar again. So it felt like there was luck on Portuguese side, but um, that luck would run out on the penalty shootout. Uh, Chile deserved to win on the shootout. They were better, without question. Uh, I don't know about in the flow of play. Uh, they progressively got better. Uh, not because Portugal got worse in terms of play, but they got worse because of the substitutions that Santos made. Uh, Santos finally, thankfully, mercifully put in José Martins in André Silva's place, I mean André Gomes' place, in the 115th minute. So he gave José Martins five minutes to work, and he let André Gomes play for 115 minutes, which is why I may regret saying this, but I think he should be fired because his stubbornness with André Gomes is irresponsible. And if he does that in the World Cup, I'm sure he won't, considering we'll probably have Joel Mario back. But it's just... Uh, it was it was so frustrating to watch. I would rather have watched a low-level high school girls soccer game five times in a row than watch another ten minutes of André Gomes backwards passing and losing the ball in possession. It was miserable. That was a miserable, miserable game. It was frankly embarrassing. Uh, we looked terrible. And... Well, I don't mind Fernando Gomes' style, uh, Fernando Santos' style of um, defensive play, which they were very solid defensively. They were compact, and they didn't let Chile operate. Defensively, Portugal was brilliant. They were fantastic, as always, and I don't mind that. I, I get the criticism from the outside world saying that it's bad for international football and it's not entertaining, but as long as it wins, it's good. But I can't stand to watch a man put Andre Gomes in every match for 90 minutes and 115 minutes it just doesn't make sense it's just not smart I don't get what he sees in Andre Gomes um so I mean I I, I, I will probably get over this and think that he's the right man because I mean he, his record's pretty good but, but it, it just it's so frustrating it's so unbelievably frustrating to watch this team uh, they, they, why would he take out Bernardo Silva the best player on the pitch by far he was the best player he was so good and he took him off 70 minutes in for, I don't even, who did he take off for another silver for? I'm, I'm going to keep this in the in the podcast. You guys get to see my live research. Um, uh, let's see. Portugal. Shout out Tom Cunard. Uh, great, great, great uh, tweeter. I can't find him. Let's see. Fernando Santos took out uh, sorry about this folks he takes out Bernard Silva for Ricardo Quaresma Quaresma is a great super sub I don't disagree with putting him in the match but why the hell do you keep Andre Gomes on and take out Bernardo Silva doesn't make sense. Just on. Yeah. I. Truthfully. I. I got nothing. I thought William was really good, as usual. Uh, people still complained when he was in the starting lineup in the beginning, and I don't think any, any soul could complain about the performance he put in. Just what a shift. Um, defensively. Uh, setting the tone of play and, and the time, the rhythm of Portugal, 
spreading the ball out as he always does. Calm on the ball. He even dribbled past a couple defenders. I, I have written down here a time I need to make a GIF because it was just on, on just incredible what he did uh, with the ball at his feet. I, again, I thought Roy was really good. I thought Font, who had to come in for Pep, who was suspended, I thought Font was really, really, really good. He got away with a penalty uh, late in, the, in regulation. He did get away with a penalty. That was a blatant penalty. And it's a shame that VAR can't review calls that weren't called by the referee, but it was a blatant penalty. And that in itself meant Chula deserved to win. Um, but other than that, he was great. He even blocked a late shot from, uh, I think it was Sanchez, at the end of extra time. Uh, he was he was phenomenal. Um, Bruno Alves was good as, as usual, strong on, on Vidal, uh, along with others. He didn't really let them breathe. Andres Silva, like I mentioned before, didn't have the best game. He really should have scored uh, moments after Vargas got denied by Patricio. Excuse me, by Patricio. Um... Porto really dominated the midfield as they tend to do. Kept the ball, forced you along. Uh, yeah, I just I, I don't think anyone in the right mind could defend Andre Gomes after today. Just nothing. Just uh, uh, Barcelona might as well, you know, take the L while they can and just sell him for peanuts, which is what he deserves. Just awful, god awful, god god awful. I don't even think I'll wake up to watch the third place match. It, it's at 8 a.m. on Sunday. I don't think I'm gonna do that. It's not worth it. Third place doesn't matter. Um, just pathetic. Pathetic, pathetic. Um, I, I guess this will... That'll be my short thoughts on the match. Cause, I mean, really, the thought, my biggest thoughts on the match were terrible substitutions from Shran Sons. Terrible. I, there was not one smart substitution uh, except for Jelson for... Jelson for um, Andre Gomes. But that came way, 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 way too late. Just about 70 minutes too late. Um, I thought Andre Gomes was piss, piss, piss poor. Uh, one of the worst performances I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I thought Uri Patricio was as good as, as as he's ever been with a couple great saves. I thought Ronaldo was good for what he did. Um, he was really active on the channels early on. Um, could have helped a little bit more. Could have made smarter passes, a little earlier passes. But, uh, I mean, he caused some danger with a shot. And, you know, he, he did what he had to do. Um, he didn't get quality service into the box. I thought Cedric was really, really good. Uh, he really needs to work on his end product being consistent. Uh, his crosses sometimes are just looped out of bounds. He had a couple of those where he had a great play, great combination, great run, and then it just ends with him crossing out of bounds. So he has to work on that consistency. Uh, but once he does, I think he'll be a top, top, right back amid the best clubs in the world. Uh, just needs that extra uh, consistency, which I'm sure he'll get. He's still young. Uh, he has time. I thought Adrian again was the man of the match. I thought William was impeccable. Uh, Bernardo was good, uh, taking out defenders, dribbling. Didn't look injured at all. Uh, I, this is a bit of a bold statement, but I think Bernardo is probably behind Messi, this, the best dribbler in the world, uh, especially in tight spaces. Just what a what a player! I'm so excited to watch him play for Man City. Unbelievably excited. Um, unless Silva again could have done better. And uh, I mean that's 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 it, right? I think. Um, Ilizio wasn't bad. He made a couple of smart defensive runs to cut off passing lanes, and uh, I mean he didn't do much in attack. But at, at times it seemed like Portugal was just directly not going to the left channel for the last like forty-five minutes. They just chose not to go to Ilizio. There was a moment where William was wide open in midfield, and the right side was completely Chile was completely tilted to the right side. But rather than passing to the left where Ilizio was wide open, they just opted to go back to the right. So that kind of just shows you the trust they have in, in Ilizio. Uh, but I guess that'll just end the slice on talk because I'm mad and I can talk about this forever. Um, just a just a terrible, terrible performance. Um, 
this was a pretty big news day for Portuguese football also because early in the morning, the email scandal got to its silliest point. Um, I haven't done my full reading, but apparently Porto is claiming that Benfica hired a witch doctor, Bruxeria, to help them win the title and especially directly before a uh, Champions League tie with Bruce Dortmund, in which they ended up losing 4-0. Um, now, how much I believe this, I don't know. Uh, contrary to what I've seen, I, I don't think people realize how big Bruxeria is in Portuguese culture. I mean, my mom talks about it a lot, and, and she genuinely believes it. So do a lot of her friends. They believe in the, the power of Bruxeria. Um, me, personally, I think it's bullshit. But, I mean... I, again, I don't think this, it worked by any means. I, I, I totally don't think that that's the reason Benfica won the title. But it just goes to show like how ridiculous this scandal is getting. And how football in Portugal is really turning as hostile as it was in the early 2000s with the Opito Dourado scandal. And it's getting ugly. Um, hopefully everyone could kind of you know come to agreement that this is just stupid and that we can uh, just play football. Um, I really hope Benfica actually did spend time money on the Bruxelles because that's actually really funny. Uh, it was like it was either between seventy five to one hundred fifty thousand dollars or euros, which is absurd. I hope that's I still hope that's true. Um, I guess kind of um, close out uh, while we're on sad topics. Um, I wanted to give a, a shout out to Jose Mourinho, the greatest Portuguese manager of all time, the man who taught him everything he knows about football and then inspired him to chase his passion. Uh, his father Felix uh, passed away this week. Um, really sad. He was a really uh, he was a man of football, a good Portuguese man in football, and um, a great manager in the league. And again, he gave us the gift of his son, Jose, and um, a very sad to hear of his passing. Um, so, uh, yeah, rest in peace to Felix, and know that I'm sure Jose will, will win this title this year for for you. Uh, so, yeah, my thoughts are with, uh, with Jose and uh, his family. Uh, moving on to back to the Portuguese league. Um, Sporting made... It's best signing of the summer. I, I doubt it'll be toppled. Uh, the negotiations for Bruno Fernandes have finally come to a close after he returned from the U21 Euro, and he signed from Sampdoria for eight and a half millions plus half a million in uh, objectives, which will, let's just say he gets them, will be nine million, which is a steal, an absolute steal. I cannot wait to see what George Jesus does with him, George Jesus does with him, and uh, how he can develop so that in two years' time he'll be worth 50 million. Um, as I mentioned before, I think Adrian and William are both good as gone. So Bataglia playing the six with Bruno Fernandes at the eight has me so excited. I, I cannot wait for this season. Um, I don't think it's the key that will win them the title, but I genuinely think that this will be a big step for them. Um, he is a world-class player. Well, maybe not world-class, but he's getting there. He has the potential to be world-class. And uh, he's young, and he's very much one of the most underrated youth players in the world. Not many people talk about him, despite the fact he's been playing top-flight Italian football for the past three years. So I think he'll he'll really surprise people uh, who are not who are you know have doubts about him right now. Um, I'm drinking the Kool Aid. I'm drinking the Bruno, uh, the Bruno Fernandes Kool Aid. I have high hopes for him, and I cannot wait to see him play in green and white. Uh, not much other transfer news in Portugal this week. Uh, a lot of the news has been about you know the the emails and and the. Uh, and the, the Slasson. Uh, uh, transfer away from Portugal news kind of made the, the news because of uh, what was said by an ex 
uh, Befica player, Cristante, the Italian. Uh, he signed with Atlanta this week, and he said that he's happy to be there because the club is at a better point than Benfica, which is blatantly false. Uh, Atlanta is a mid-table at best club in Serie A, um, and Befica is the four-time defending Portuguese league champions who consistently plays Champions League football. Um, the, Atlanta will probably has nowhere near the facilities that Befica does, nor the, the, the world fame, nor the statute or the prestige. Uh, there's no comparison between the sides, and I think Cristante is just salty that he never got a chance to play, or he was never good enough to start. Um, and uh, De Poitre, the Belgian striker who went to Porto this year and frankly was disappointing, uh, signed to Huddersfield uh, in England, the newly, uh, the team that just rose from the championship to the Premier League, so he'll probably not do much, uh, to be quite honest. Uh, he fits the mold for an English striker, tall, big, can hold up play. Hit the ball. I mean, that's pretty much all you want in England, but we'll see. Uh, and kind of to wrap up, transfer news. Uh, silly season. Uh, starting a new section in the podcast called Silly Season. As we all know, that transfer rumors fly in football more than any other sport. Um, they're outlandish rumors, uh, some of which end up being true, but most of them not even close. My favorite from last season was uh, Kareem Benzema, who was going to be on loan to Sporting, and Van Percy was also interested in signing for the club, so... As you can see, uh, this year it seemed like uh, like both Dumbia and uh, and Fabio Contron were were silly season signings for Sporting, but it seems like uh, at least one of them will be completed. Um, so that's good for the club. Just the fact that they can be in conversations with the players of that caliber and, and not be a massive joke. Uh, silly season of the week for me, which I genuinely believe this is silly season that this will never happen. Uh, Gabigol, the uh, Brazilian striker who is in Inter Milan, is allegedly of interest to Porto, and he is interested in Porto. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, he was not he was disappointing for Inter Milan, but not enough that they want to loan him to Porto. And I don't think he was bad enough that he thinks he has to go to Porto. And um, I'll finish off the pod with some uh, modulidad news. Um, Sporting won their second consecutive title, in a national title in futsal. It's their 14th ever, which means they've doubled up Benfica in titles, as Benfica has seven. Um, Nuno Diaz has been phenomenal for this club a fantastic coach and the, the the club just keeps getting better and better in the sport and hopefully one this will be the year that uh, they finally break through in Europe and win the UEFA Futsal Cup it's been a long time coming they consistently make the final four but never get over the hump of winning so hopefully this year's the year and that's this week's pod um, <coughs> excuse me um, I really don't have much more to say and I think I would Take, I've already taken away enough of the quality of the content with me being angry and ranting, but I felt that this was the appropriate way. I think if I gave myself time to relax and think this out, it just wouldn't be as genuine. And these are my actual thoughts. Uh, I think Andre Gomes just got awful, and I never want to see him play for Portugal ever again. I think Fernando Santos is on the hot seat, and I don't think he'll be fired. But if he doesn't win your World Cup 2018, I think he should be fired. I'm putting those expectations on the man. I think if they don't win, he should be fired. And I think that this was very disappointing, and third place is the same as nothing. So, um, I'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, I'll be in a better mood, and I'll probably have more good transfer stuff to talk about now that the seasons for most teams are starting up. Sporting started on Monday, but if you get starts next Monday, uh, I think Porto starts uh, either the same week or the week after that. All the other smaller clubs are starting up right now, and 
Only 41, 40 more days until the league starts. I cannot wait. I am so excited for the Portuguese League to be back up. One, so the email scandal could kind of rile down. Two, to get over this horrific mess that was a Confederations Cup. And three, just to kind of see the end of this transfer saga, see where the club fits. And um, hopefully this is the year for Sporting. If not, here's to another great, great league uh, season for the best league in the world. Um, so I'll talk to you guys next week. Again, I'm your host, Brian Fonseca, for the Portuguese Football Club Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Fonseca. So you guys get to see my, my mess-ups now that I'm not editing. Um, I am your host, Brian Fonseca, for the Portuguese Football Podcast. And until next week, shuizu.